Welcome to an Easter weekend special of the Brisbane Football Review, part of the Daily Football Show Fan Network. It's James with you today, and I'm happy to be joined by the most successful goalkeeper in A-League history, Michael Theo. Thanks for having me, James. How have you been? Yeah, pretty good. Um, yeah, it's obviously been a big week for myself. Obviously, uh, this Saturday I'll be farewelled at Suncorp Stadium. Um, We've uh, shared an amazing uh, eight years with our supporters and obviously winning a lot of grand finals along the way. So, um, yeah, it's going to be emotional, I must admit, and uh, sort of a little surreal as well. Um, you know, being a big part of this club and, um, you know, obviously it's coming to an end. So it's a bittersweet moment for myself and my family. So what sort of went into the decision to move on at the end of this season? Yeah, well, for myself, uh, personally, it's been a frustrating frustrating you know, 12-month period in terms of uh, literally the day before the first game of the season. Uh, copped a knock on my fingers and um, damaged them. Played the first month uh, not knowing the extent of the damage, which probably wasn't wise. And then, um, you know, obviously had issues with it in terms of, um, you know, coming back. Um, just, yeah, constantly knocking them. And, um, yeah, that's been frustrating in terms of not being able to train properly and obviously let alone play. Um, and it's, you know, still something that's obviously bothering me as well. So I think when you look back at that, um, you know, sort of, Common sense, I think, uh, you know, I've been around for such a long time and from a player's perspective, unless you can contribute, you know, week in, week out, um, you know, it's always going to be tough to, to stay on. Um, but in saying that, you know, I can look back at my time at Brisbane Raw with, you know, plenty of fond memories and I'm pretty fortunate to have had the career I've had here, here at the club. Unfortunately, it's you play the one position where you actually really do need your hands every week. Spot on. Um, yes, uh, you know, if I was an outfield player, I probably could have got away with it. Um, yeah, but day in, day out, you know, we obviously use our hands and, and the ball's come at a you know, serious pace as well. So um, being right-hand dominant as well and, and being two fingers, it doesn't help the situation. So, um, you know, from that perspective, it is frustrating. But you know, unfortunately, that's what I do on a daily basis. So, um, yeah, I think it's just one of those things that you, know, you can't do much. Have you got a next step in mind? Next step, oh, look, you know, for me, uh, injury-wise, short-term, it's a matter of just trying to get my fingers right. Um, you know, there's uh, you know, whether or not um, I put them in plaster to try straighten them because they're, they're not uh, very straight at the moment and they're quite tender. Um, so there's a process there, and that's you know, probably a two, three-month process that I have to undertake. Um, and worst case scenario, if that doesn't work, then it's obviously going under and uh, having surgery, which, you know, I'm, you know, very reluctant to do at this stage, uh, but you know, I've got to think long-term as well. So it's just a matter of weighing everything up, uh, but short-term, it's just trying to get my fingers back to fully functioning and um, you know, going from there. You've got a few teammate, ex-teammates involved in the NPL. Any of them been doing some recruiting for you there? <laughs> yes, of course. Uh, I've heard my name uh, mentioned a few times with the Olympic FC. I, I run my academy out of there, so um, you know, I'm there on a regular basis. Um, obviously, um, yeah, that's been one of the clubs that have... Uh, I've had a few people obviously call me now as well, um, now that they've heard that um, I'm obviously moving on uh, from uh, Brisbane Raw. But uh, as I said before, priorities uh, getting the hand right, and um, you know, then obviously you know, summing everything up and making a decision moving forward. All right, so we're going to 
talk about your career with the Raw. You came in 2010 after having a pretty successful stint with Melbourne Victory and your time with Norwich as well. Yeah. Uh, what, what do you remember about your time with Norwich? Yeah, oh, they weren't fond memories, that's for sure. <laughs> um, look, yeah, I played uh, Melbourne Victory for the first four years of the A-League and won a couple of titles there. And um, I was 28, 29, I think, at the time and uh, obviously uh, was approached by Norwich to join them. It was just one of those games where the debut, everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong um, for whatever reason, but that, that's football. Um, you know, you're not judged on one game. I think you're judged on a whole career. Um, and then, yeah, obviously, uh, Ange Postecoglou reached out um, and sort of sold me, uh, you know, what he was thinking of doing here in Brisbane. And um, yeah, when I heard uh, how passionate and obviously knowing Ange's background, um, it was someone that I really wanted to play for. And uh, you know, thank God I did, because uh, as I say, the rest is history. Yeah. So. That season that began with the nil-nil draw down on the Gold Coast, do you have memories of your Raw debut? I do, yes, vividly. I remember that. Um, it's scary, as I say. It's like it happened yesterday. Um, as I say, nil-nil. Um, yeah, had it made a couple of good saves there. And um, I remember one at the end of the game, oh, actually. Off, I think it was a free kick free or something. Free kick? Oh, there you go. Good memory. But, um, yeah, we played well, and we should have won that game uh, as well. Um, and then, you know, it was, as I say, it was down the Gold Coast, obviously a local derby, so it was a great first game. Uh, clean sheet, and, uh, yeah, that year, you know, what transpired was amazing. Yeah, it was something special. When did you know you guys were building something that was going to be, in the terms yeah. of the A-League, historic? That's right. Look, I suppose early on, um, expectations... Uh, I suppose we all, as every team's expectations uh, leading into a campaign is to make finals, and obviously Brisbane being the unknown, and uh, obviously the club uh, had a few issues the year before, and a lot of players moved on. So um, in terms of my expectations, I, I just want to be super competitive. But I think once uh, the season was underway and the type of football we were playing and uh, the confidence and the belief in what we were doing with Ange and the, and, and the way we were playing really grew amongst the squad, uh, you know, anything could be possible. And uh, we obviously showed that year that. Uh, uh, you know, we won an unbelievable run and um, you know, went on to have great success. We'll have to talk about that grand final. It's where you really made your name among Raw fans with those two penalty saves. Talk us through that game. Yeah, that was. Yeah, I'll never forget that. Um, it's just one of those moments. It's a you know, career highlight for me personally. Um, you know, obviously having the, the, the campaign that we did, uh, I think we only lost one game to Melbourne Victory. And then, you know, being 2-0 down in extra time with three minutes to go, you know, in the back of your mind, you think, I can't believe we've blown it. Uh, it's not fair. You know, the football <laughs> gods, gods are against us. And then, yeah, obviously, um, what a ball from Thomas Broish. Uh, actually, leading up to the goal, I, I had I had a decision to make as well because I had the ball and it was three minutes ago whether I kicked it long or threw out. But I was sort of arming and ahhing. But again, going back to the way we played, I, I threw the ball out and thankfully I did because then that built up to obviously um, playing through the midfield and, and Rocky Visconti winning a corner which uh, Thomas Broish absolutely put in a peach of a ball and big Eric Pardalou, you know rose to, to obviously head it in and I thought all right at least we've scored because we've pretty much scored every game in part one and um, I thought at least we're on the scoreboard now and there's a few minutes to go you know who's to say what can happen and then um, sorry I've reversed that yeah, yeah Henrique was... scored the, the first one and then Eric Pardalou was the you know, obviously three minutes to go uh, and then the equaliser with Eric Pardley to make it 2-2 and then um, obviously the referee pretty much blew the final whistle um, and then you know 
at that stage, I've got a pretty good uh, record in terms of penalty shootouts. I, I was quietly confident, and I think all the momentum was going with us, and obviously having the whole, you know... 50, Doing it in front of the den. Exactly, in front of the den, having, you know, 50-odd thousand people there. Um, I'd say 40 by that yeah, stage. Yeah, 40 by that <laughs> stage. Uh, I've, I've heard a lot of stories. Uh, people obviously left Suncorp Stadium and weren't allowed back in because they didn't have a pass out. So, um, yeah, you're probably right, 40 by that stage. But then, um, you know, once I got to the penalty shootout, I was uh, quietly confident, and I was in the zone, and I remember the first penalty as well. Uh, Hutchinson stroke it Straight I went there. the right way and it's just hit me in the hip it's just gone up and I thought oh no here we go I've blown this one and then um, obviously uh, you know, uh, saved the third penalty from uh, Daniel McBreen who it was special because uh, there's a bit of verbal uh, during the game uh, what was it it was 2-0 at the time and I it's think, all good between you two yeah now. <laughs> exactly yeah no no Dan's fine but um, yeah, at the time obviously they will 2-0 up and they will trying to waste time and I think he ran into me or something I was like yeah, what are you doing there mate but uh, there's a bit of verbal and then obviously penalty shootout came along and I thought I've definitely got to save his penalty and um, yeah it was a great save to my left uh, then um, then I saved uh, Pedge Bowich's one to, to obviously have uh, make two saves and then the Slippery Fish stepped up for, for the you know obviously the deciding penalty and, and put that away and just the you know, the ecstasy the relief I suppose um, and yeah. being on the bottom of the pile at yeah, exactly. I know. It's, looking back at that footage, it, it cracks me up because I, I think you can see my legs just flapping. Uh, I think everyone was on top of me, so I couldn't breathe. I was like, yeah, get off, get off. But And, uh, and from yeah. memories, it was a hot day as well, so I probably wouldn't have smelt that great either. No, no, exactly right. It was, yeah, it was a boiling hot day. Then we had, you know, like a storm come through. And then by the end of it, it was like a, it was a night game and, and uh, dry again. So it was just a weird emotion. And, you know, obviously having experienced that, it was, yeah, the best feeling in the world. And to do it in front of the den, as, you know, as you mentioned, before and the supporters just yeah everyone was going off basically and then you guys built on that the next season as well 2011-12 going back to back yeah exactly right and uh, Ange spoke about that obviously no team has ever gone back to back and that, that was a, a major goal of ours um, and it's always you know, difficult obviously you're, you're the champions um, you're, you're now I suppose the hunted so um, but for us it was just a matter of you know, building on what we achieved the first year and um, evolving our playing style and um, you know, thankfully we did and um, yeah, that was another amazing year uh, obviously with the 36 games as well undefeated streak that was part of that year as well 4-0 over Perth to seal that from memory 4-0 uh, the 30- Yes, that's right. Yes, was a, I remember that. And there was a bit of an issue uh, trading the day before. It was a bit of a fiery event with myself and uh, Ivan Franich as well. So, um, well, yeah, I remember that. naturally competitive guys. I'm sure that's... Yeah, and you know what? That, that's what I think's been uh, very important because we've had, you know, obviously strong personalities, um, you know, great people and, you know, and winners and a great mentality. And even at training, you know, no one wanted to lose. So um, that's definitely a good sign for me. How was it working with someone like Bessart Barisha in training? Because obviously he's been one of the most dangerous marksmen in A-League history and you would have learned a fair bit from him as well, I suppose. Yeah, look, uh, for me, Bessart was amazing. Um, obviously, when he arrived uh, at, at the club, he was sort of the unknown. Um, and then you know, early on, he's obviously uh, scored a few <laughs> goals and people were like, oh, this guy can, can score goals for fun. And, um, you know, he was fantastic to work with us. Uh, I worked, what was it? I think he was with the club for two years or even maybe three. Um, but, you know, obviously, you know, he won a couple of titles as well. And, yeah, seeing him, uh, you know, day in, day out, it was a pleasure to work with. Obviously, he's one of those players that has white line fevers. Um, <laughs> I'd like to think of myself very similar boat. I'd like to think I'm somewhat normal off the field. But once you cross that line, it's white line fever and it's, um, you know, you want to win and obviously do your best. And he's definitely one of those players. And um, obviously, now he's, you know, he's at Melbourne Victory. It's, uh, you know, unfortunate for us but you know that's the landscape we're in at the moment um you know i thoroughly enjoyed working with Bess at uh, at the raw while we had him and 
obviously then two years later you guys went uh, and completed another double, this time under Mike Mulvey. How was it being coached by him? Yeah, again, you know, different type of manager. Uh, Mike was a fantastic man manager as well. Uh, you know, great motivator. Um, so, you know, it was a pleasure to work under him as well. Um, obviously, we had Rado Vitasic in between that period as well. Yeah. He came in and it's obviously difficult for Rado as well to step in. You know, he's been a number two and then obviously stepping into the main job. Um, but, you know, obviously there it didn't go well. And then Mike came in and uh, really got the, the group believing again. And, um, you know, I thoroughly enjoyed my time with Mike as well. And we obviously uh, had a fantastic year where we won another title. In the, there was a big save. In, we were talking about this on a regular podcast yesterday. You had a big save in extra time against the Wanderers as well to keep that, I believe, at 1-1. Yeah, yeah. No, look, uh, yeah, looking back at all my grand finals, we're fans. You know, we're allowed to know this stuff. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, yeah, no. I've, I've always uh, that's something that I've been uh, pleased about. I've, I've always stood up in the big, big occasions. Uh, um, obviously, you know, having played in five and won five, I've always, uh, yeah, stepped up. And whether it be in a semi final to, you know, to get us into a final, I've, I've always made big saves when I, when I've needed to. So that's, yeah, that's a trait that I've, um, yeah, been happy about because, you know, as you know, goalkeepers can be lonely at times. Uh, <laughs> the ball might be on out the other end, and uh, you got to remain focused and switch on. Um, so yeah, there's always been moments where I've had to play my part and thankfully I have for the team. And in the post-match photos, you've obviously got that uh, five-hand gesture <laughs> after that grand final. Was that yes. pre-planned or just spur of the moment? No, it was a spur of the moment to be honest. Uh, obviously, uh, it was three of the club and um, you know, and I've had two with Melbourne Victory, so for myself it was five. Um, you know, it, it, It's pretty amazing. I think at the time it, it's difficult to, to take it in because you're, you're sort of living in the moment and as footballers you learn to move on quite quickly, whether it's good or bad. Um, you know, I've never really dwelled on things, whether, as I said, whether it's, it's a positive experience or a bad experience. So obviously I uh, you know, enjoyed that moment, um, but as I say, you, you move on quite quickly and it's to the next thing. What can we do better? What can we achieve next? Mm. And then the next year was the France Tyson year as well after Mulvey left. Yes. And then how's it being coached by John Aloisi? You didn't, haven't said anything to him on the field that you might have regretted when he came in for his first day? <laughs> no, not at all. Uh, I suppose being a goalkeeper, it's hard because uh, obviously the balls you know, could be in the midfield or, or, or your front third. So in terms of banter, I've never been really one to, to get involved. Um, you know, obviously, I had the grand final banter with uh, <laughs> Mac Breen. But apart from that, I, I've been pretty... Yeah, you know, so I'm focused on what I'm doing and making sure our boys are switched on. Busy um, yelling at your defenders instead. Yeah, exactly. And, and Ernie Merrick, uh, my coach at Melbourne Victory, taught me a good thing as well. He always said, uh, it's never the goalkeeper's fault. It's always uh, your defenders <laughs> or the midfielders. There's always two, three mistakes uh, before it gets to you. So I've, I've taken that mantra on and uh, totally agree with Ernie in that one. And you've had Jamie Young at the club as well for the last few years. Yep. How's it been working with him, like with you two pushing each other? Yeah, no. Way? I've uh, had a fantastic experience with Jamie. Um, to be honest, you know, all my goalkeepers I've worked with over the years, uh, I'll say bar one, <laughs> I won't mention his name. Um, <laughs> it, it, I've, as I said, I've had an amazing experience with, and I, I get along well where we are a goalkeeper union. There's you know literally three, four of us that work every day and we really push each other. Um, and obviously Jamie coming in, he, you know, he's done incredibly well this year, so I'm, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, from my perspective, it's been frustrating in terms of you know later on in my career, I've had a lot of injuries, you know, literally two weeks uh, before the start of the season where Mike Mulvey was a coach, I fractured my wrist and I missed a you know, big chunk 
chunk of that season. Um, and then obviously this year, you know, played the first four games and missed another big chunk. So it's been frustrating not being able to be training uh, full time, but obviously being here and helping the guys, helping their game, you know, I've been helping out yeah. in terms of, uh, you know, Jason Keaton, our goalkeeper coach, assisting him and uh, helping the guys out with their game. Um, so that's been positive. Um, so yeah, I've had a great working relationship with uh, all, all the goalkeepers. Have you asked to try and add assistant coach to your title this season? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I put my hand up for, uh, for a striker too uh, a few weeks back when the bodies were going down. But uh, yeah, us goalkeepers, we, we do think we can uh, score a few goals as well to save them. Uh, obviously, you've got your goalkeeper academy now. Do you see coaching as an option for the future? Yeah, look, it's something I'm passionate about. Um, you know, I made a conscious decision when I first signed for Brisbane Raw to start my academy, and it's both goalkeepers and outfield players. And um, yeah, that, that's been amazing. Um, you know, I've learnt obviously so much through my experiences, and I thought, why don't I have that? opportunity to teach the next generation of footballers uh, whether you know, through my knowledge my experiences I can you know, be a mentor for the, for these kids who are up and coming um, it, it's an amazing opportunity and I'm glad I did that and you know that my academy now is eight years old and it's thriving and it's something that I'm really passionate about and as I say it's very rewarding for myself um, as well so no no it's something definitely that I'm interested in I've, I've already started uh, in terms of my coaching badges uh, both outfield and uh, goalkeeping as well um, so if anything um, yeah that gives me more time to to, to concentrate on that and uh, you know, work closer with the you know, the kids of the future. We'll do a quick plug for that now. How can people find your goalkeeping academy details? Yeah, or even if you Google Michael Theo Soccer Academy or soccer-academy.com.au. Sorry, yeah. I keep saying goalkeeping academy. It's just yeah, yeah, no, it, it, it is. Yeah, no, no, it's it's both. Um, as I say, um, yeah, I've been doing it for such a long time, and we have some uh, wonderful sponsors. The Coffee Club, uh, our major sponsor, and they have been from day one, so they've really helped facilitate um, all the gear and everything. So when these kids do come, it's a, it's a professional environment environment and um, yeah, it's a great opportunity for them as I say to work with myself and my coaches and it's something growing up I remember I had uh, one half an hour session with a uh, the old National Soccer League goalkeeper um, Michael Lillacarcus was his name is at South Melbourne and, and my brother met him and just said oh my brother's a young aspiring goalkeeper and he said mate I'd love to have him in and do a, do a quick session with him and, and that stuck with me for you know, the rest of my playing career and I thought yeah, that would be an amazing thing to do for other goalkeepers and other players to obviously who look at us and you know, come to, to games week in week out and see us on television it's a great connection and I think it's you know, fantastic for everyone. Have you got any advice for a goalkeeper like myself who can't actually reach the crossbar? <laughs> yes. Uh, once you hit twenty twenty one, you're probably going to stop growing. So uh, you got to yeah, <laughs> you got to deal with what you what you've got. But again, it, as I say to all kids, it's about having fun and loving what you do. Um, growing up, I started at nine years of age. So if anything, you know, I started late. Um, and for me, it's always about having fun. I never really put added pressure on um, I know these days there's a lot of um, you know uh, trials and whether you get into this team or don't you know I never represented my state so again for me it's great if you you are in those teams if you're not as long as you believe in yourself you work hard and you've got a great mentality there's no reason why you can't be successful and defining success whether that's playing for the A-League playing for the Matildas playing you know double your league you know whatever it is everyone's success is different um, you know playing local league and you know being the best possible version of yourself again for me that's success so um, yeah it's been amazing have you got any teammates who you think might be uh, good coaches you've played with some pretty good players over your career yeah no you're right um, obviously Thomas Broish um, he's an amazing footballer if you asked me early on in the piece, I would have said, Thomas, no chance. <laughs> he was a bit of an extrovert, sort of kept to himself, and um, he really wasn't in love with the game. He sort of fell, in, fell out of love with it, and then when he came to Brisbane, he you know, reignited that passion for the game. And towards the end of his career here at the club, 
he's one that would definitely be a successful coach. He's such a you know thinker, systems. He loves the game. He analyzes games, um, and that's something I know he's the you know going down that path. So I think he'll be an amazing uh, coach as well. So as a goalkeeper, who is your favourite striker to play against in terms of just giving you the biggest test? Biggest test. Look, you know, obviously playing in the A League, you, you know, every week in week out, you're obviously um, sussing out the strikers who you're playing against and their strengths and weaknesses. Um, obviously, you know, at times, yeah, we matched up against uh, Alexandra Del Piero, you know, World Cup winner, amazing, you know, footballer, someone that I looked up to. So to be on the same field as him, it was amazing. You know, Emil Heskey, um, Dwight York, the early days. Um, so for me, there's not a particular one. As I say, you always show respect to every striker and, and make sure you do your homework on obviously their strengths and weaknesses. And um, yeah, you've got to be ready. All right. So we've got two more questions for you. Um, what was your favorite memory for playing with Brisbane? Look, uh, every grand final, obviously, you know, the first grand final, particular penalty shootout, having played such a big part in that, um, that's definitely number one, but every grand final is so special, and those three definitely are up there. And we'll finish up with your whole career. What do you feel like was your greatest playing achievement? Uh, playing in successful teams, like obviously Melbourne Victory and the Raw. Um, yeah, there's amazing players out there who don't get the opportunity to play in a grand final, let alone win one, and, and I've won five out of five. So when you do look at back at it, it it's pretty amazing. Um, so, yeah, from that perspective, yeah, being a part of so many successful teams. Awesome. All right, well, Michael, thank you very much for your time this morning. We really appreciate it, and I think on behalf of the fan base, we want to say best of luck for the future. Done. Thanks, James. Appreciate the chat, mate. All right, that's going to be it for this edition of the Brisbane Football Review. Everyone have a very good Easter, and we'll be back next week.